1: This episode of Let's Talk About Brand was initially broadcast as a live stream in 2020. It has been edited from its original format. Hey everyone, I am Christine Gritman and I am here, as I am every Friday, with Let's Talk About Brand, where guess what we talk about, you guys? brand. Um, I wanted to remind everyone, by the way, that you can get your very own Let's Talk About Brand merchandise, such as this glorious mug, t shirts stickers, whatever you like. So this week's guest is Mel Bridger. She's awesome. She's joining us all the way from the UK. Mel and I actually met while speaking at an event in London a couple of years ago. And Mel is really cool. Mel is a personal trainer, but she has not one, not two, but three separate fitness brands going on, you guys. We're going to talk about all of them, but she is basically a partnership, a personal brand, and a franchise. That's what we mean by branding something bigger than yourself today. We're talking about branding something that other people then want to like take the ball and run with it. So uh, we are going to talk all about that today. So uh, without any further ado, I am going to bring on this week's amazing guest, Ms. Mel Bridger. Hey, Mel.
2: Hey, Christine, how are you? <laughs> hey, everyone.
1: Hey, Mel, so good to see you. Uh, how are you doing there in the uh, newly re locked England?
2: <laughs> you know, for me, it's not that much different, to be honest, other than there are shops that I can't go in and browse in anymore. It's yeah. all uh, essential shops now, but yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad.
1: Yeah, you're making do, and you are, of course, bringing fitness to the people Online, so uh, we are going to dive right in because there's a lot to talk about today. You have three brands, girl. Three. Yes, I do. I've been so let's kind of talk about in order um, how each of those brands sort of came to be. So the first one you said chronologically was Cardio Central. That's correct.
2: So, oh my god, I'm going to try and cram this. So actually, keep it actually, you know what? Let's me.
1: take a step back first. Okay. I'm curious. If at the beginning of your personal training journey, if you actually worked for somebody else at the beginning, or if you always went out and just kind of put out your own brand.
2: No, I was always solo. So I used to be a professional dancer and uh, run dance events with my husband. And then when I had my children, I moved uh, fully into fitness. And so I'd already had the experience of being an entrepreneur. And so it made sense for me to continue that vein with the fitness industry. So if you want me to talk about Cardio Central. Yes, um, tell us about Cardio Central. Okay. I actually rebranded. So I started, it's all about branding. I started off um, with an organization called Zumba Central because I started off as a Zumba instructor. Or Zumba, is that how you say it in the States? It is. (laughs) um, So then I decided that I wanted to progress and, and get better at what I do. I found a real passion and a real love for the fitness industry so I went down the qualification route and decided to rebrand because I then taught more than one type of class so Zumba Central kind of didn't fit anymore so because what I did was predominantly cardio based and it was a lot of fun it made sense to change the Zumba to cardio so I rebranded and at that point I had several Uh, instructors working for me because Zumba became very, very big here. And so I trained up former students.
1: So at what what point did you realize that it was time for you to do that, that it was time for you rather than it being you to actually train some of your students? By the way, that's a great point there that you initially drew from your audience to expand.
2: 100%. So two main reasons. One, I couldn't handle the amount of students that we had coming through the door because I was one of the first to launch in my area. And so it became extremely busy very quickly. Two, I uh, found out I was pregnant with my daughter <laughs> and I wanted my business to continue. And so I trained up two students in advance of me going on maternity leave so they could take over from me whilst I went off to have my daughter. So that was the main reason for forming the team.
1: That is a great story so then at some point you created your own personal brand the mummy trainer so I would like to hear how you made the decision to go that route rather than just making it extent an extension of cardio central or something like that and also how you differentiated between the two so why there are two and how you differentiated
2: okay so when I was pregnant with my daughter I was looking for fitness activities that would help me Um, As I got later on through my pregnancy and then as I had her afterwards in recovery and there was nothing in my area. So I decided that I would train not only to be a personal trainer, but also to specialize in pre and postnatal fitness. So that's uh, one of the things that I'm known for in the fitness industry. Then I realized that there was a distinct gap in the market for a female personal trainer. And I'm a mum. So the mummy trainer kind of felt natural to bring together as a brand. And uh, it started off predominantly as a blog, really. And then personal training came a little bit later, and then it just exploded.
1: How did it explode? What was one of those kind of tipping point moments where you're like, well, this little side project has really become a thing?
2: I started to get noticed a lot more so I've got quite a big following in the fitness industry and I became more interested in um, social and digital marketing, which is how we met and started to make a name for myself in both arenas and so I thought I must be onto something here and I used <laughs> used my email address info at the mummy trainer to start to to share my contact details with people in the digital marketing arena and then the name just stuck so it actually came more from the digital marketing aspect. Everybody started to call me the mummy trainer. And then as I learned more about personal branding, I realized I had to be consistent across all of my platforms. So then it exploded as more people became aware of who I was.
1: I love that. So Mm -hmm. now you had Cardio Central. Yes. Then you were the mummy trainer. You had your own thing going there. Yes. Then... You did a third thing, a third darn thing, a third brand. You decided to create Beats Fitness. Now, um, how did you decide that? Um, first of all, how did you decide to create a new thing as opposed to just incorporating it under Cardio Central or The Mummy Trainer? And uh, t- and tell us a little bit about how that brand is different and how you decided to make it something altogether different, which is a franchise.
0: <laughs>
2: It was my husband's fault. It was my husband's fault. So Cardio Central was a fitness organization. We looked after students. That's predominantly what it was. And that's my team. And I still have a team now, albeit a little bit smaller. The mummy trainer came around as um, personal development and then more people got to know me. And I started to work for other fitness brands. So we helped other fitness brands develop and build and grow their platform and their audience. And my husband turned around to me one day and said, isn't it about time you stopped working for other people's brands and created your own? Because I had such a dynamic following in the fitness industry, and well, I've that's been just the I'm... fascinating
1: part to me. Because you already had two brands that were your own. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit. It's a bit crazy. Um, so the the main difference with Beats Fitness is that it's not for students; it's for other instructors. Uh-huh. So it's for other instructors to come and train to then go out into the world and deliver our program. So that's why we call it a fitness franchise. So they train with us, and we we develop them not only um, how to deliver the program, but we teach them about all aspects of fitness marketing and everything else to help their business grow and as they became more successful we became more successful so I decided to move from working for other people and be able to bring my own ideas to the forefront without having to have somebody there telling me yes you can do that or no you can't and as you know I'm not very good at being told what to do. No
1: (laughs) you tell other people what to do and they pay you for it. Absolutely. So I would love to hear. So you are actively maintaining all three of these different fitness uh, pieces of your empire. I would love to hear how you um, sort of what the brand essence is of each of them, because it's clear that they are pretty different in telling your story. You've made it clear why they are three. Um, So what so how would you how do you define each of them?
2: So Cardio Essential is very much community. It's local. So it's although it was local before lockdown, now I have people from all over the country that co- um, collectively attend my classes online. So it was all about community, inspiring and um, predominantly other women and getting people that wouldn't necessarily be active, active. The Mummy Trainer was about working with other mums, similar experience to me, intimidated by the gym, uh, would be scared to go and work with a male personal trainer for whatever reason. And I offered a service that was relatable and also that was effective. Beats offered a service that I felt there was a gap in the market. You see there's a common theme here. It's all about offering a service. Um, (laughs) There's a gap in the market for for my kind of energy and and my creativity. But the ethos around all three is community. So whilst all three of them are very, very different, it's all about maintaining that supportive community aspect.
1: I love that. Someone signed in as me actually (laughs) asked a question, (laughs) but it's not me, Uh, which is, what's the benefit of having a different brand for training other trainers? Uh, versus for training students.
2: Wow, that's a good question. I think it's been able to it's been able to differentiate what you do, but also the way that I market and grow those brands are very very different. So the community aspect, where it's students, it's a support network with Beats. It's big. It's going to be exponential. We can spread it to to far more people, and the growth aspects is is there. Um, it's a completely different audience, and so I can't market both of them or treat both of them the same way i hope that answers the
1: question it does it does so moving on uh we had a bunch of uh questions for you jeta murray wanted to know three of your most defining moments from your early career and it sounds like we could sort of pinpoint those from your story but at the same time it's entirely possible that what's a defining moment for you is kind of a different thing so what are three of the defining moments of your earlier career
2: Uh, So Cardio Central, I'll try and relate them to all three brands. Uh, When I launched my second Zumba class after only running it for a few months and there was a queue out of the studio, down the stairs and out of the door, um, that was mind blowing. The the, the sheer volume of people that wanted to come and do lessons with us, that's huge. Uh, With the mummy trainer probably being interviewed and named as a summer hero fitness instructor for a national fitness magazine.
1: Ooh, summer hero. That yeah that was body. pretty
2: prolific <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty prolific and beats fitness not many people know this but um I think it's called shark tank in America we were actually on dragon's den you were on dragon's but, den yeah yeah what? very early into our career um so we went and we got right through to meet the dragons we had them up dancing and everything else and unfortunately we didn't get broadcast oh unfortunately. But that was an incredible opportunity. And now speaking in front of people, not a problem.
1: (laughs) That is just incredible. Oh my goodness. Trisha would love to know how you manage the implementation of your your strategy for different brands. Because you're balancing three different messages right now. This
2: is true. It's, um, It's about teamwork. You have to have the right team around you to enable you to focus. You can't do it all on your own so with Cardio Central I have two of the ladies that work with me that were both students that helped me to manage that aspect whether it be uh, supporting the community in the Facebook group or sharing the message out there or teaching classes with the mummy trainer even though it's a solo business so it is me I am my personal brand I have a VA that I work with that helps to keep me in check and with Beats Fitness again I have a team So, I have a team of mentors and master trainers, and my husband does all of the tech stuff in the background. So, outsource whenever possible and make sure you have the right people around you.
1: Absolutely. Oh, that is so smart. Yeah, Trisha's saying she's struggling to manage both of her brands because they're so different. So, having three is really huge. Um, And Tim also, we all know Tim. Tim is also struggling with multiple brands himself. I I imagine he's got his personal brand and also the publishing uh, outlet. How do you keep it all together? Shruti wants to know. It sounds like delegation is a big part of that.
2: Massively. Um, Even though I'm a self-confessed control freak, I will say that, but I've got strong members of my team that will mention when it's time for me to release, to let go of stuff. Um, Taking breaks, making sure that I schedule time in for everything. So personal workouts in addition to work, but also make sure family time as well. I have to be able to balance it. If I don't schedule it in, then it's not going to happen.
1: Absolutely. That actually brings me to a question that I should have asked a little earlier, uh, and we talked about this a little bit on the chat on Tuesday on Twitter. But I, what are some of the things when you decided to uh, sort of trust other people with this brand that you were building? Beats was built from the beginning as involving handing it off to other people. So what are some of the considerations you had there? Because it was still, it's still your brand. It's still your Brand name on the line there. So, what are some ways that you make it a strong enough brand and uh, strong enough partners that that brand so is I- still on brand?
2: I work very, very closely with my team and I don't like to use the word push, but I can't think of an alternative right now. I push people if I see potential. Mm -hmm. So if I feel that they can be developed or I can give them continuous opportunities to develop, then I do that. And I learned that from my uncle who used to manage a car garage. And he said, if you always look after your team, then you'll never have to worry about your business. So it's instilling that sense of loyalty um and and making them feel valued and i always treat my team as if we're all on the same level because we are and everybody's contribution is valuable so i've never put my front out i'm not diana ross so it's never been mel bridger and the beats pro team and when that's been said about us before i've actually gone in and asked people to correct it because i see us as one and like i say we're all valuable and that in itself has helped the brand to grow very quickly
1: I love that. That is fantastic. And so you you really provide that support to them. Um how do you choose them to begin with? Is there do people have to sort of go through an interview process to even enter your program?
2: I was very very lucky. So with regards to the pro team, I actually chose people I'd already met. Um, not necessarily worked with but people i would met in the industry but apart from one person I'd already trained the other people on my team for the other brands that I'd worked for yeah just like Cardio poaching. Central
1: you drew from your audience <laughs> yeah yep.
2: it's not poaching I didn't poach them from the other brands um, it was just a format that they taught and I saw potential in them so I approached them told them what I was going to do and asked them if they wanted to be involved and everybody I asked jumped at the chance
1: that's incredible. And that shows that you built a strong enough brand to begin with that it was already resonating with people. They already felt some ownership there. How do you think you did that? I think,
2: and I know that this word's been bandied around a lot over the last couple of years, but I'm authentic. <laughs> I am. I'm real. So, um, I mean, you've met me in person yeah. a couple of times. Exactly. You're I'm you. exactly the same. Um, and I don't try and be any anything different. And and that carries me um, in good stead. I've always said the one thing that you have in this industry is your reputation, And so as long as you're honest, you can be honest and you can be polite and, you you know, you can have morals. You don't have to be ruthless in business. And I've always kept it real. So people know that my my bond is my word for one of the cliche.
1: Well, you know what? Cliches are a reason because they happen. (laughs) cliches happen, everybody. Uh, Another question that we have, it's these two kind of go together. Which is that, you know, you've been teaching live classes for so long. Cardio Central was live. Mummy Trainer was live. And a blog, but live. Beats was live. The obvious question is um, about uh, two things. I'm putting these together. Kelly asked, beyond the obvious pivot to digital offerings, in what other ways will the fitness industry have to adapt to remain viable in the future? And similarly, Tim just wants to know kind of top tips for how you've taken the fitness experience online.
2: Well, I'm not going to lie, I cried when I realised that I was going to have to close my physical classes down because it's more than just a class, it's a a community, like I say, for them and for a lot of my students, it was um, the only time they got to mingle with other people, so I took what digital knowledge I had and... Went online, but I went live beforehand. I remember going live quite emotionally and, and explaining to people the situation that I was in. I was very honest and that I was going to try and do this online. And the only way that I was going to be able to survive was if they supported me. And then it's just staying um, in people's, foot, the front of people's minds. So uh, I have a private Facebook group, I use email marketing. I'm constantly checking in on people. I know students by name. I know their birthdays. If they've been missing for a couple of weeks, I'll contact them and say, are you okay?" And a lot of it was trial and error. Like If you'd have seen my setup that I had at the beginning in comparison to what I have now, it looks completely different. I started with a webcam and a speaker, and now I have an entire setup on Zoom um, with a monitor and everything else going on. So it's not being afraid to learn. Don't think that you have to be perfect, When you do this, you just have to get out there and get online and people will understand and they will forgive the glitches because they know all you're trying to do is your best and continue to support them.
1: Ah, I love that. Uh, Trisha says she loves your energy. Your Zumba is great and it's definitely encouraging her to get off her butt. I got to watch more of your videos because I'm spending a lot of time on my butt. Uh, Anyway, uh, we have another question from the chat. Jake wants to know. When did you know it was time to get rid of small thinking and build for bigger success? Because it's one thing to be like, all right, I've got a really impassioned, you know, audience here. It's another thing entirely to say, and maybe they literally work for me.
2: Wow. Um, Probably a lot of my attitude and energy and drive comes from my mom. So I'm the youngest of five and she raised all of us on her own. So my drive and my energy comes from that. She's Look she's downstairs right now <laughs> um I think that i I have a good eye for identifying what is next and and realizing when it's time to move, and even if I'm scared, which happens a lot it doesn't stop me. But the the main turning point for me was when I had instructors coming into my Zumba class, and then going and setting up just down the road from me and undercutting me. And I realized that if I didn't do something quickly, if I didn't diversify, go and retrain, go and take other trainings to support my business, I was going to flatline. And so I had to push myself out of my comfort zone.
1: Wow. So competition helped there too. You were kind of yep. like, if I don't do it, someone else will.
2: I don't like to lose.
1: (laughs) That's incredible. I love that champion, champion, mindset of a champion. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're mentioning before, by the way, all the online content you've been creating. Are you creating online content for all three brands through this? And are other people creating online content for your brands as well, since they are, you know, extensions?
2: So I create the content for Cardio Central and for The Mummy Trainer, but I have incredible students so I will literally create content and put it out there and I my students share it without asking so they'll just share and tag and this person you need to come um so they spread my message and what's the word is it cheerleaders that's the word I'm looking for right? So my students and my cheerleaders, uh, with the mummy trainer, it's a little bit easier for me. Um, and I know it hasn't been easy for everybody else, but I literally, I had two people approach me about personal training. They shared their stories online. Now I have a waiting list. I I can't literally can't fit anybody in.
1: Um,
2: and with beats, there's myself and a couple of other people, including my husband that creates content. And we, we schedule quite a lot of content for, for Facebook and Instagram. So that's how we manage those.
1: Do you provide your beats, uh, instructors with any sort of guidelines for what they can and cannot create? Is it around specific routines?
2: So the way that it works is um we have it they have a dashboard so they log in and they have access to all choreography regardless of when they joined and we have probably about five hundred pieces on there so they have an infinite amount amount of choreography and they just pluck it and put it together to put a class together. For those instructors that are creative, we allow them to be creative and create 30% of their own choreo. My husband regularly creates graphics, memes um, and content for instructors to literally just download, share the image and pop their own content underneath. And I go live every few weeks. And if there's any new training out there, so I recently did training on reels in my, we have a private forum. So I always share the latest um, things that work for me. So my instructors always tend to be ahead of the game. And that's I, probably because of the amount of influence I have from people like you.
1: I love that. So you're not only <laughs> training them in the choreography and the specific fitness routines. You're also giving them training on how to build their own businesses. Yeah, because if they're successful, then we're successful. That's incredible. I love that so much. That's fantastic. Has there been any um, any common thread to the people who have been uh, beats instructors? Do they tend to come from dance backgrounds or is it really across the gamut?
2: It's very diverse because what we do is we allow people to come in with little to no fitness training and we provide the training for them. So prior to COVID, we did a very extensive uh, training program in person and now we turned that into an on demand program. And then once they come into the forum, they're literally bombarded with training and contents and i work i have uh, partnerships with training companies where they give us a discount and beats instructors are able to upskill with them as well
1: i love that that's fantastic you really are giving them the tools to succeed
2: I'm that's trying. fantastic
1: <laughs> as as you said you realize that you know if, if they succeed you succeed Mal, tell us where people can find you
2: Okay. So as you mentioned, the mummy trainer is one of the brands that I run and that is me across all platforms. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. Um, I admit I've been on Twitter lately because of news that's happening recently. (laughs) Um, so spending a lot of time on Twitter, but yeah, I am the mummy trainer on every platform.
1: Yes, you are. And so that is the best place for them to find you. Um, That is that of the three brands, that's the one that kind of ties it all together. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Mel, for being on today. You're amazing. I hope everyone checks you out and hopefully. We can all move uh, a little bit in this time of lockdown. Your body doesn't have to be locked down, right?
2: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. You're awesome. Everyone be sure to check Mel out. Uh, As I mentioned before, I do this show every single Friday, 12 noon Eastern, 5 p.m., uh, Greenwich Mean Time now. And a reminder that uh, I also have the Tuesday Twitter chat. So next week we will be uh, talking with, we'll be talking about creating something uniquely you. So some of us kind of, you know, stay um, in a sort of predetermined lane, you know, like I have personal branding. That's a thing already. I didn't really invent something. But creating something uniquely you can involve, you know, taking seemingly disparate elements and creating something specifically you with them, just like next week's guest, Gary Ware. So Gary Ware has taken his background in theater and improv training, along with corporate training, and he has turned it into breakthrough play which really um, helps corporations and, and all sorts of groups discover the power of play to help create innovation and just just really to stand out and have breakthroughs, honestly, with the power of play. So thank you so much for joining me. Again, mark your calendars for uh, noon Eastern time on Tuesdays on Twitter and noon Eastern time on Facebook on Fridays. Thanks for joining me. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.